All right. Hey, dude. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Brain Dump Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Wallacher with the Roxology Method, which includes courses, journals, one-on-one coaching, and a plethora of other things that are so very exciting. So if you want to check that out, I have um, a couple courses available, a little bit of one-on-one coaching too. So if you want a deeper dive into what it is that I'm talking about, stay tuned. I've got all the help for you. But what we are diving into today is food cravings what they mean, how to address them, when to eat, when not to eat, and how to deal with that stuff moving forward. So this is going to be a four-part series. This week we are talking about food. Following week is fitness, and then it's body cravings, and then number cravings. So I am an expert with dealing with all of this because, as you know, cravings come from lack. Lack of support, nutrients, calories, um love, all kinds of different things, but they are trying to tell you something. And I've said this before in Cravings Come From Lack, Cravings Come From Lack 2.0. Feel free to check those podcasts out. Both are very, very good. Um, But we're going to dive into what the cravings mean and how to move forward from them. So this is basically a a little course in itself, a little mini training series. So I'm excited to dive into this, um, especially because I've got the Roxelogen Method and my signature beginning program going on, which takes you step-by-step on how to address this and hold you accountable in making all this stuff happen. So let's talk about this. So all cravings are emotions. So they can be physical and we need to decipher that, but a lot of the times it's our emotions, um, overcomplicating it and stressing it out. So your food cravings come from emotions. That could be stress, could be acceptance. It could be nutrients as well. And it is making you emotional in that sense too, of wanting to deal with it, wanting to heal it, wanting to fix it, wanting to eat. But if you have a bad relationship with food or a bad view with it, then it's going to make a simple thing of eating more calories, of eating better calories, a lot harder because of your mindset around it all. So it's dealing with all of that first and foremost. So that is when, once you figure that out, exactly what kind of um, emotional cravings you are having around food, that's when we're able to break it down even more so into healing and how to heal it moving forward. So first off is knowing when you actually should be eating, like when eating is going to be a good choice, when you should and why, what's going through your mind and why this is necessary. So if you have cravings and you would normally starve yourself, you would normally say no, you would normally deprive yourself. It actually is a physical hunger, but you are pushing through and being the bigger person and showing that you can actually do it. This is when you actually should be eating. So there are a lot of cravings and odds are you're probably going to be craving more unhealthy foods. I break this down in all kinds of different things. Feel free to check out Cutting Cravings in Three Days, my free little mini training. Um, this will take you more step-by-step through it all, but ideally when you should eat, it is when you would normally not. And 
This is what I like to say is a little rebellion against yourself. And it's hard at first, but if you look at it as you're rebelling against something, even if it's you, it kind of makes it a little bit, if you can look at it a little bit more fun, then the idea with it all is taking the stress away from it in any kind of way. So if you're able to take the stress away from it and see this as a fun or good challenge or just overall like the experimental mindset, because with an experiment, there's no success or failure. There's just an outcome. And with that outcome, you get to decide what it is you want to do with it. Do you want to keep it? Do you want to toss it? Do you want to try something new? But it ultimately puts you back in control of your life, gives you a say in it, and it also takes you out of it. So... Because if you're just looking at information, if you're just looking at data, you're able to make better choices. Because you are smart. You do know what it is that you need and want to do. You're just overthinking it a whole awful lot of the time. So by taking yourself out of it, especially when it is if you are dealing with needing to eat more and you normally wouldn't or you normally would starve yourself or not even necessarily starve yourself possibly, but you just wouldn't normally eat and you would just be a little bit hungry. You wouldn't go to bed like with your stomach growling and like eating itself up and like feeling really hot and heavy. You wouldn't feel that, but like you could have had a little bit of a snack. And not necessarily an apple. Don't think of it as if I'm not hungry for an apple, then I don't need to eat. That is a terrible thing to ask yourself. (laughs) Because even then, even though an apple is healthy, that may not be the nutrients that your body needs and wants. Like Your body does crave things because of a reason. And you need to find out that reason. Nobody else can tell you. We can, there's plenty of ideas and thoughts, but until you start to actually listen to your body and understand what it is that it wants, what foods it actually wants, and how your body triggers yourself into knowing that you need that, then anybody else that you are just blindly following and not paying attention to how you actually feel about it is not going to be beneficial for you. So take that experimental approach. If you would normally not eat, now is the time to eat, especially when it comes to cravings. And the second part is when not to eat. So if you would normally stress eat or numb yourself out or like punish yourself, whatever it is, this is punishing yourself is when you should eat. But when you would not eat, if you would normally just blindly eat, like consume your feelings, not worry about it, not think about it, completely just check out and stuff yourself silly until you need to lay down on the ground and digest before you need to throw up, like, or like bring yourself to the brink of like almost needing to throw up, but not actually throwing up because then if you throw up, you do have a problem. But if you don't throw up, you don't have a problem. That's when you don't. (laughs) That's when you find out and you realize that you actually don't have hunger pains. Like you could actually be very satisfied. You could still be full from the meal that you had before or the snack that you had before. And this is when, in both cases, it's hard. But I feel like for this one especially, um, if you've got a lot of food fears, then eating is going to be difficult. And definitely... Please, please go through my cutting cravings in three days. That will help out a lot. And I have a lot of other programs that can help you even more so. But not eating, this is when the mental side of things is going to get big. 
because you have to learn to cope with your stress and cope with your feelings in a different way. And that's going to be really hard and really difficult because numbing out is an easy way to just live through it. But actually having to face them head on and see what they're about, that's when it becomes difficult. When you should when you shouldn't eat and why, what goes through your mind, why this is necessary, all of that stuff. And the best way that I like to do this is, I know not everybody likes to journal or write things down, but there is a lot of healing in that. So when you would normally silence your mind and just not think about things, writing it down allows you, in on a physical piece of paper, like out in front of you, not in your notes, because there is something different about writing it down physically when you're actually able to see it in person, like you're able to hold it and it's not on your phone and you can't just scroll through. You have to actually look at it. There is a sense of control in that because once you see the words written down, once you see your fears and your stressors and your struggles written down on paper, like there's nowhere for them to move. You can actually look at them and dissect them and really understand why it is that you're dealing with that. And when you're able to do that, it puts you in control and takes the power away from those things, from those stressors. And when you're able to dissect that, you come up with the system that works well for you. Even if it's like diving deeper into more self-development, self-help, like figuring out what works best for you. But by not, but by stopping numbing out and actually looking for a solution at the problem, this is when things get really big. It's so hard at first. I will tell you that it is difficult, but getting through it and coming out the other side, knowing what you need to do and having like ways to go about it is such an exciting, it's just such an exciting feeling. It feels very powerful. It feels very in control. Like, you know exactly what you need to do with X, Y, and Z. And the biggest thing for me that I am continuing to tell myself and I am getting stronger and stronger in it is, can I actually do anything about this now? Or am I just worrying about the future? And the biggest thing, am I worrying about the future or how other people will react? And am I preparing for how other people are going to react? So I'm having to live through it twice. So they may react the way that you have planned out and you kind of know how to deal with it, or they may not. So you're either going through it twice when you only needed to go through it once, or you're going through it once when you didn't even need to go through it at all. You are wasting your valuable time on other people's thoughts and reactions when you are not in control of them and you don't need to be. The most power you have is in how you respond and how you react to things. And that starts with yourself. That starts with you. Not even how you respond and react to other people, but how you even react and respond to yourself. Are you going to silence yourself and numb out and just avoid the world's problems and stuff yourself silly and still have a terrible relationship with food? Or are you going to not eat at all and starve yourself and tell yourself this is what you did? Really punish yourself and break yourself down for things that you don't even need to be stressing out about. Stress happens. Life happens. There's nothing that you can do to stop it, but you don't need to take it on as big as we have glamorized it to be. And our body can't handle that either. 
It can't handle that. It only sees stress one way. It's either there, it's either not there at all, or it's life-threatening. And all stress is life-threatening for you. And when you're in a constant state of life-threatening stress, when you're in a constant state of chronic stress, it will take over and consume your body and tear you down. Your thoughts will tear you down because they are making and creating a chemical response in your body. And it is tearing it apart. That's why you have terrible digestion. That's why you have terrible sleep. That's why you don't deal with food very well. That's why you don't have enough time. That's why your workouts are terrible. That's why you can't seem to get rid of any excess fat. That's why you can't seem to get ahead. That's why you seem feel like nothing is going right in your life and everything is always against you. You're taking on things that you don't need to be taking on, that you should never have taken on that really in the grand scheme of things don't matter. And even the things that do matter, there is a solution around them. There are days where you don't know why you're sad. You don't know why you're upset. You don't know why you're stressing out. But figuring out those days when you do know what's going on and having those coping mechanisms on those days where there's just no, there's no good reason for just wanting to cry or wanting to sleep all day long, you still have those tools to get you through it, to make the best, to make the best out of a terrible situation, to make the best out of a confusing situation. And that's when it's super duper powerful dealing with other things too, that you even can't explain, that you even can't pinpoint. My goal is to help you create a solid baseline in health that even at your lowest, you are still taking care of yourself. You are still doing the best thing possible. You're still eating right, you're still choosing right, you're still moving, you're still sleeping, you're still taking care of yourself in a bad situation or in a stressful situation because you know that when you are taken care of at the highest or even bare minimum possible, you are going to get through it a lot quicker. And you're going to be able to take care of those around you as well because you cannot do that if you are constantly draining yourself. You need to put yourself first here. You need to start learning to trust yourself. You need to start learning to trust your body. You need to start believing and knowing that you do know what to do and you're no longer doubting yourself. This is possible. This is good. It is a process and it does take time, but it doesn't need to take forever. It doesn't need to consume you. It doesn't need to be, oh, maybe in the next lifetime, then maybe I'll get it done. Maybe I'll do it then. Maybe it'll be a little bit easier. You can't wait around for the next time. This is the life you've been given. And this is the body you've been given in order to take you through it. Which we will talk about later. But we're talking about food today. And once you do have a healthy relationship and healthy set point with food, it does just become fuel for you. But you still can enjoy your fuel. I always hated like when my dad would say that food is just fuel. Well, yeah, but... I want to enjoy it too. And once you find that balance with it of food is fuel, how best do I want it to support me? How best does it support me in good and bad situations? What are my goals and how does it support my goals? And also, what do I like? Finding out cravings and finding out why they're there, you're able to more understand and better adjust to life. 
Like, I have cravings throughout the month based on, like, where I'm at on my cycle. I have cravings throughout the year based on whatever the season is. And as long as I know that and as long as I adjust to it, it's all a choice at that point. It's never just mindlessly going through it. It's no longer a victim status. It's a victor status. You are in control, even when there is little control. Little to no control, you still have a say in your life. And it starts with you. And it starts with understanding your cravings and adjusting accordingly. Because if you actually do want to fix this, if you do want to heal it, you are going to take the steps that you need to take in order to get it done. And you can do it on your own. You absolutely can. I've seen so many people figure it out. But the problem is that going on your own, you are going to stumble. You are going to need to cut relationships or change things out because what you're doing now may not be exactly what you need. It's going to look a little bit different. It's going to be some hard conversations or it's going to just be personal choices. What I like about this stuff is that I'm able to help you fast track it. What took me four or five years to really solidify and really have a good understanding with can take you months to a year at most to really have a solid set, like baseline and standard for it. And that's what I want to help you with. So I have my Roxology method, which is month to month, but I encourage you to commit to a year. You're going to see the absolute most out of it, being able to um, add all of that in and implement it uh, throughout that time. Or I do have my signature beginning program, which I take all of my private clients through. It's the exact work and steps that I took in order to get to where I'm at now and change everything. So if you are looking for support and kind of like a process to go through it, you are still going to be in charge. You are still going to need to do the work, but I can at least help you figure out how to go about it and breaking down all of this stuff a lot better for you. Feel free to check that stuff out. If you want more one-on-one connection, I am taking on a few private clients, um, but once they fill up, they fill up. But it all starts with you. I encourage you to start with the cutting cravings in three days. Um, That helps out a lot in just understanding why you have cravings and going through it and going through the process. You can get a lot out of just three days, but it's continuing on after that. And that's where the biggest part is because you're looking for a life change. You're looking for a lifestyle change. You are looking for something that you can do work on now and just have it as a baseline moving forward and that's the biggest thing here once you heal this stuff and once you reset your mind there's no going back unless you choose to go back and the more you know the more you know and the more you know the more you realize that you can't just mindlessly do things anymore because you know too much in a good sense though okay It's resetting your mind, knowing that you have too much going on already and you don't need all of that. So on that note, that is all I have for you. Again, stay tuned. I've got three more weeks of great topics for you, and I am excited to dive deeper into it all. So have a fantastic day, and we will talk again very soon.
Bye-bye.